Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Hey everybody, welcome back to God's Amazing Grace, and I'm your host, Sean. And on this episode, we're going to talk to a person who is stationed in Germany. And uh, we connected on, I think, believe it was Instagram. And I think it was something that God had planned. So everybody give Cole Brown a nice, warm welcome. So how you doing, Cole? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. Hey, no problem there. So why don't you tell us everybody a little bit about yourself? Yeah, cool. Um, So as you said, I'm Cole and I've uh, been in the army for uh, 14 years. So I'm stationed over here in Germany right now. have about uh, two years to go over here and then I should be back stateside. Just uh, involved with ministry and stuff and love just preaching the gospel. (laughs) Like I said, I think it was something that, you know, you know, you get those, those, those people that, because a lot of people just go in just to make friends, you know, just to kind of build their stats up or whatnot, but there are just some people that I believe God directs you into their path. Yeah. Amen. And I, I, I don't know what it was. I think you were one of those. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And uh, as soon as we uh, connected, went over there, I saw your podcast and uh, it's definitely something that we all need. You know, yours, your last one that I'd seen when you shared it with me was uh, the temptation and lust and stuff like that. And, so uh, I think it speaks to a lot, especially Christian men. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it's still a learning process for me. I've I've kind of played that line for a long time. I know when I was younger, I was called into the ministry, but I fought it for years. I know if you listen to a lot of my podcasts, a lot of it's it's stuff that I I'm learning, and I'm hoping that I get my point across and helping other people. You said you're going to be back in the states. What do you What do you do there? In, uh, if you don't mind me asking, in Germany. Uh, yeah, so I'm a, a field artillery warrant officer. So I do targeting. Um, so, yeah, okay. I, I can't. Yeah, I can't say too much like uh, what I do, but but yeah, so yeah. That's, that's kind of you're the one that shoots the big old big old guns or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I used to, I used to be that. Now I'm, now I'm the one that plans for oh, you where, plan where for yeah, where we do it. So are you married? Yeah. Married. Uh, I have a wife and three boys. You know, oh, three boys. Okay. Yes, I do. Okay. How old are they? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, no problem. I have a nine-year-old, a six-year-old and a three-year-old. Okay. So you still got some youngins there. So you must be pretty young then. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Um, 30, 32, I think. <laughs> oh, you're okay. You're, you're what, what do they call those millennials? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by, by the year I was born, I will say, but other than that, I don't know. <laughs> well, you're, I think you're the same age as my daughter. She was born in 88. Okay. I was born in 88. So that sounds about right. So, yeah. So, but, uh, we had talked a little bit the other day about uh, just letting you have at it and minister to the people that are listening. We, we're in 
I believe, 75 countries on the podcast. And on the radio station, we're in over 20 countries. Oh, wow. So you've got a, a wide array of people to talk to. We're, we're mostly, right now, our biggest ones are India and the U.S., but I mean, we're in United Arab Emirates, Romania, you name it, we're in it. So, yeah, so awesome. you have a big, big, big array of people to talk to. And, and what I'm going to do with, with, with Cole is I'm going to let him minister to you guys. I might interject here and there and say a few things here and there, ask questions or whatnot, but I'm going to let him minister to you guys. So if you want, Cole, before we get started, if you want to say a prayer, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's pray. Almighty God, I pray that you are glorified in this message. I pray that this message comforts those who are unnecessarily troubled, and it troubles those who are unjustifiably comforted. Lord God, like your word says in Matthew 13, I pray that the seeds that are planted today, they land on good and fertilized soil. I pray that the seeds, they do not fall on the path where the birds came and ate it up. I pray that it does not fall in rocky places where the plants were scorched and they withered away because they had no root. Heavenly Father, I pray that the seed does not fall among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants out. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray that the seeds fall in good soil where it produces a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. That's good prayer. I haven't heard something like that in a long time. As far as the uh, seeds falling on, you know, in the thorns and in the I haven't heard that scripture in a long time. Yeah, Matthew 13, uh, it's powerful, powerful parable. Uh, parable yeah. Before we get started, um, kind of go through, I know, you, are you directly involved with the ministry there or do you help? Yeah, so or, so being, you know, active duty uh, in the military, I'm uh, I'm pretty busy with that. So I do, I try to devote a good amount of time with the ministries that are here. So we, we have a uh, missionary couple. They are uh, from Cadence International, a uh, real, real great couple, and uh, they have a single soldiers ministry. So I, I join them and help them, uh, you know, do Bible studies and, and uh, preach and stuff like that. Uh, and then obviously with the, the church service, I try to do what I can there as well. Well, that's, that's um, do you get quite a few people going or? what what you're involved with there you know people are always curious about the military we see all these videos of you know guys singing and and praising god and stuff it's you know just i guess is it kind of like the states you know to where you have quite a few people in and out of church or yeah uh yeah kind of so i would i would say the the military brings a lot of diversity especially considering a you know, like a base that we're in right now, we're, we're overseas. So um, you get people of all sorts of uh, differences. And, and if you're going to a military service, you're going to have all those different military people going to that service. Um, so, so it's a wider rate of, of people. Um, so, you know, with that, we just, we just get all that. And, and, uh, but as far as people going, there's, there's some that are all about it. And as far as the ministry, uh, it's actually doing very well, um, you know, glory to God. But there's there's a good amount of single soldiers where we do it on Friday nights. And, uh, you know, through the pandemic, we've, you know, what we might want to have. But yeah, yeah. But, yeah but it uh, 
you know, praise God, there's you know usually about thirty to to forty you know single soldiers going there to you know worship God on a Friday night. Which that's pretty good, pretty good numbers as far, especially on a Friday night. You yeah, know, and, but if you go by because I'm thinking you go by what you see on TV where they're all out, you know, in the bars hopping and doing this and that and whatnot, which I know. There is some that, I mean, it's like anywhere you go, there are some that do that. And there are some that do other things. So. But, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to put you in, in front, you know, you know, put you in a spot to where, you know, I'm just trying to get people to see being in the military and on a base, what your, your Christian life is like, and you know, and trying to paint a picture for them. Um, yeah, I mean, we, in the military, unfortunately, there's, there's a lot of, it's hard to, you know, speak about Jesus, um, because they call proselytization. Uh, I, I think they kind of misconstrued the definition of proselytization. They try to use it as if you, you spread your faith, you're proselytizing, which I think yeah. proselytization is, is more, uh, if you, are forcing your your beliefs on someone else, which which obviously, if you're a Christian, uh, we wouldn't be doing that. So you just uh, you know just try to show them love and everything. But but as far as you know, m- building relationships and and uh, you know, I, I personally don't have any issues you know talking to people, and I use you know different kind of evangelism techniques and something something that I ask someone. I think it's really easy to to get a question and or an answer in response to and know where they sit. I ask, you know, like, how's your relationship with God? And and what yeah. that does is is they'll they'll flat out tell me, oh, you know, I don't have a relationship with God, so I can kind of see where they are with that. Or they'll say, eh, you know, it's all right. Um, and then I can dig a little deeper. Like, oh, what do you mean all right? And figure out, you know, if they they just don't know God, or or maybe they're they're just a lukewarm Christian, or or whatever. And I have different. It kind of leads you down different roads with that that one question. So I really like asking that. Yeah, I was just saying, you know, that's that's kind of for for me personally, uh, but but we still try to make it happen on the gospel services and all that, and you know, which is it's good to have opportunity to talk to people. You know, when when I first started doing this this podcast, it was when everything was shut down here in the states, and I got to thinking, you know, it, I I don't there was something in my spirit that said do it. I'm not the type of person that likes to talk in front of people. And I have a hard, I still have a hard time with, I don't like hearing myself talk, but I've always said on this podcast, if this podcast touches one person, then my job is done. And you're kind of, you're kind of doing the same thing when you're, you're evangelizing is if you're talking to one person and you touch that person, whether you know it or not, you touch that person, that person is going to go and the Holy Spirit is going to convict his heart, his or her heart. And eventually, because my mom did that for me for years, she prayed, prayed and prayed. And eventually the Holy Spirit took hold and I couldn't take it anymore. I, I could, I had to stop running. So, and, and eventually that's what's going to happen. Amen. It's, it's kind of amazing through this pandemic what God has done and what God is doing. Yeah, definitely. You know, there's there's a lot of people have uh, come to Christ, you know, throughout this. Uh, a lot of a lot of those single soldiers they're they're saying how they uh, are never 
dug into the word as much as they are now and and you know holding their own devotions in the barracks and stuff so yeah you know praise god you get you you get your answers from the bible of what's going on i mean it pretty much paints a picture for you you know and i really believe there's going to be a great awakening it's already start if you if you look around it's already starting People are starting to push back and say, hey, we need to be in church to worship God. Yeah. You know, it's it's no longer I, me, me. It's God first, country second, you know, like it should be. God should always be first in our lives. Amen. And I see that going on a lot. When we, we kind of contact each other, you got this, this website. It's not a website yet. It's on Facebook, right, Chris? Christian motivations or on YouTube. I'm sorry. Uh, well, yeah, there's, there's, I actually just started the, that Facebook group that, that I invited you to. Um, okay. and the YouTube channel started that like three weeks ago or so. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. I, I rather enjoy, I listen to the music. I turn the TV off, listen to some of the music. So right now I work in the green industry. I do a lot of, a lot of outside work. So right now we're in winter months. I'm I'm in Michigan and uh, we're in the winter months right now. So I only, if we got snow, I do salting and stuff. And so I'm home a lot right now. I've been listening to quite a bit of it. And it's rather rather good music. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Definitely spend a good amount of time, like on the the videos and stuff, Uh, you know, on the really long ones, the, the video portion itself is pretty simple, but, um, you know, on the shorter ones, the videos are are a lot more difficult. I, that's what I'm finding so far. Why don't you give them the uh, your your um, YouTube channel name and uh... yeah? So it's it's called Christian Motivation. Um, if you if you just type in Christian Motivation, uh, you you won't see the channel again. It's it's new. But if you go to the filters, it's usually on the top right or so. If you go on the filters after you search Christian Motivation and search for uh, for channels instead of all. Uh, it usually pops up within the first three, um, and it's, it's you know it kind of shows the it'll have a in the logo itself. Christian motivation will be there, and and uh, yeah, I think that's the easiest way to navigate to it. And if worse comes to worse, you can always look for his Facebook page. What's the name of your Facebook page? Uh, so my my Facebook is actually under my name, uh, which is which is Cole Brown, and then but if it's like Twitter, then it'd be a uh, Christian Moda. So M O T I. Uh, one uh, for Christian motivation in which it's on there. And yeah. And then for Instagram would be Christian underscore motivation for you. And that's yeah. On Instagram. So. And he will be more than willing to help and guide you to get into his YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so now that we, we've got to know you a little bit, why don't you, Give your heart to everybody. Yeah, definitely. And go ahead. So, so like I uh, told you, Sean, I, you know, talking about anything, I think the most important thing we can talk about is the gospel. And um, and to talk about the gospel first, I think it's it's good to understand the gospel. So, how how I like starting off is kind of with a question for everyone to to think about. Um, you know, and not driving or anything like that. You actually, write it down, but. I like to say, you know, if you were standing face to face with God and he asks you, why should I let you enter the kingdom of heaven? What would you say? And give, you know, just uh, 
just really, really think about that because it will, it will tie back toward the end of our conversation. Just, uh, okay. whatever you have on your mind with that. Okay. So, okay. so Albert Einstein, he was, uh, on a train one day and he couldn't find his ticket, right? He saw the, the, uh, conductor going through picking up tickets and scanning them and he's, he starts checking his pockets and can't find them at all conductors getting closer and closer and albert einstein gets more worried finally the conductor gets to him and he says uh excuse me sir may i have your ticket and albert einstein says uh i'm so sorry sir i cannot find my ticket and he's like oh, excuse me are, are you albert einstein and uh he, he says uh yes i am but again i, I don't have my ticket so you know what? Just uh, you, you've done a lot of good for us. Don't worry about your ticket. You're you're good. He's like, okay. Well, thank you, sir. So the conductor continues going by, and and he's checking other people's tickets. He turns around and he sees uh, Albert Einstein's on his hands and knees, looking under the seat, looking in the crevice of the seat. And he again tells him, he's like, hey, sir, really, you don't have to worry about it. I'm gonna be here all night. Like you're you're good. He says, well, uh, I I really appreciate your mercy and your grace in this situation. The only issue is I don't know where I'm going. Right. So obviously it's kind of a, you know, a little story, but, but have you ever not known where you're going? You know, is your destination a little fuzzy? Let me ask you this right now. Do you know where you're going? All right. And so I tie that all into the gospel, right? And if we understand the gospel fully, I think we can, we can understand where we are going with that. Yep. So really, we talk about the, the assurance of the gospel. Who's heard of the phrase, Jesus loves you, so he died for you? You know, what does that really mean? You know, John 15, yeah, it, it, people say it a lot, but, but really, if you ponder it, what does it mean? In John 15, uh, which is one of my favorite chapters, by the way, but I digress, that says, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You say this, Jesus died for you because he loves you. Now, I want you to imagine this, and again, not to get too graphic, but your friend, he wants to show you that he loves you so much. So he goes in front of you, and he commits suicide. It, that's that's a different kind of love. <laughs> yeah, like, what are you going to think? You're going to think, hey, this, this person loved me so much, he just killed himself. I kind of see it as what you do in the military. You are a family, and you're laying down your life for each other and your country. I I look at Jesus going that route compared to suicidal. Yeah, yeah, I think you're all over it, Sean. So, so as we progress, let's let's change one aspect of the story. Let's say um, you were standing in the middle of a road. You didn't notice a semi truck flying down the road and your, your friend jumps out and pushes you out of the way. And in the meantime, gets hit by that truck and he dies for you. Okay. He did literally, he literally died for you. Yes. He died for you. Now, now all of a sudden that sounds a lot more loving. Have you ever seen that movie? Uh, I think it's called John Q with, with Denzel Washington where, yes, yeah, yes. where his, his son needs a heart transplant but yep. they're uh yep. they're not rich enough or they're just too far down the list to be able to get this heart so finally he goes and uh takes over the hospital and hostage for these uh surgeons and stuff and says 
you know, hey, my son can't get a heart. Take my heart. You know, I'm like the man you just take my heart, put it in my son and we're good. Right. So obviously he's willing to die for his son. We don't look at it uh, as we said in the beginning, as like suicidal, but that he loves him so much. He's going to die for him. Yep. So there's there's one common denominator in these different stories where where we see love in it. And I would say they're all caused because someone is in grave danger. So someone being in grave danger. Now, was Jesus really crazy when he died for us? Did he die for us because of a particular reason? And I would say that we are all in grave danger. And, you know, biblical evidence for this, uh, one of the scariest verses in the Bible um, for me, and I think it is for most people, if you understand it, is Romans 3.23, right? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then we see later, for the wages of sin is death, right? So if we actually understand that all of us have sinned against a perfect God, we deserve death because that's the wages of these sin. It's scary. Right. And this is why I think Christianity is just different than these other religions. And I say religion just because it's a it's a a word that most people understand. But I I don't like the word religion. The word religion uh, has a bad connotation to it for for me. I think a better word is relationship. You know, we don't have. Yeah, we don't have a relationship or we don't have a religion with our parents. We have a relationship with our parents. All right. I kind of I kind of look at religion as being like the Pharisees exactly. and the Sadducees, and that's how I look at it. And again, I just say religion because it's a it's an easy ground for for most people to understand what you're talking about. Yep. So we we see that you know in in the Bible we can go through really the beginning from from Genesis and see how you know Adam sinned and and right after you know Adam and Eve did what they did, uh, we see the the promise in Genesis three fifteen where. Uh, where it talks about how how the head of the snake will be crushed and and all that and and then all the glory from Genesis five we see I don't know if, if you ever looked at the genealogies and what the names mean in in Hebrew to to English. I I haven't personally no, but I know there's a lot of meaning to the people just think when they read the genealogy they're, they're just reading. You know, so and so begot so and so and so on and so on and so on. But I know there is a lot of meaning to these words. Yeah, yeah, there really is. Um, I don't, I don't have the names memorized, but but it really shows a picture. Yeah, it really shows a picture of of what what it means. Um, if I pull something up real quick. So so Adam means man. Right. So it says Adam begat Seth, which man begat. Then Seth means appointed. And Enoch is mortal. Kenan is sorrow. Mahalalel, the blessed God. Jared shall come down. Enoch is teaching. Methuselah, uh, his death shall bring. Lamech, the despairing. Know it. Or Noah, comfort or rest. So those names put together man appointed, mortal, sorrow. Uh, and then parentheses, but the blessed God shall come down teaching his death shall bring the despairing comfort or rest. Right. So just like, you know, little things like that spread out throughout the, the whole Bibles. It's really, really interesting how it all points to Jesus Christ. Uh, it does, too. Yeah, absolutely. So so Jesus came and and he lived that perfect life. And, and John one says in the beginning was the word and. 
the word was with God and the word was God. And we drop down to verse 14 where it says, uh, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Right. So I think it's, it's pretty clear to say that the word is Jesus and he was with God and all the glories of God and was God and came on earth, God in the flesh, lived a perfect life, you know, tempted uh, by Satan. Uh, we see, you know, through the desert, you know, he, he knew what was coming and, and still put that on him. And when he was on the cross, paying those, the wages, right? The death on the cross, he looks at all of us and, and says, I love you. And then when he, when he dies on that cross, uh, or right before he dies, he, he says, it is finished. And, and when he dies, there's, you know, a big earthquake. And we see the, uh, in the temple, the veil that, that separates the Holy of Holies from the rest of the um, temple, right? Yeah. Just, just splits from the top down. And, and you look at that veil, you do a little bit of study, and it wasn't just some small little curtain that you see in your house, but it was really thick. And uh, so after that earthquake happened, uh, you know, the centurion that, that was uh, under Jesus says, you know, this truly was the son of God. You know, I've heard preached once where they say when all this happened, God turned his back on Jesus. That's what what it felt like, God turning his back on Jesus because of the sin that he was carrying. Yeah, that's interesting. Really is. I mean, he, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know, yeah. It's really interesting. And if you if you look at that, what why he says that there's a uh, there's a psalm that's actually uh, it says that I forget where it is, but but there's a psalm. It's like my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And obviously David through through some issues that he was having, but it's, it was like one of those one of those psalms. So really really interesting. Now, so after you know, it's the Bible doesn't end the story there. Obviously, we we know that you know three days later uh, Jesus was was resurrected and uh, he just reversed the death and made his appearance to the disciples and as well as you know over five hundred people and and we see all that and then Paul how he comes and and he's just a, a Pharisee of Pharisees you know even even to the point of putting to death you know, or at least uh, giving his his vote on on Stephen's death and stuff and going down to Damascus and sees the glory of Jesus and and all that. Yeah, he was a yeah. murderer. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was not his mission was to go and persecute the Christians, the ones that are uh you know blaspheming the holy God. You know, Jesus doing this is taking our sin upon him so that we can inherit the kingdom of heaven. Exactly. John Wesley, he was a he was a theologian evangelist in the 1700s. He'd been preaching for uh, for some time, and someone someone said to him, "Are you sure, Mister Wesley, of your salvation?" And he said, uh, "Well, Jesus Christ died for the whole world. Yes, we all believe that, but are you sure that you are saved?" Wesley replied that he was not, or he was sure that the provisions had been made for his salvation. But are you sure, Mr. Wesley, that you are saved? And that, that question, it went like an arrow to his heart. And he had no rest or power until that question was settled. So I, I think many men and women, they go on month after month, year after year without power because they do not know they're standing in Christ. You know, they're not, they're not sure of their own footing for, for eternity. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vladimir uh, and Ridley, they were 
um, some martyrs that died at the stake in the 1500s. Uh, Latimer wrote Ridley once, and he said that when he was settled and steadfast about his own salvation, he was as bold as a lion. But if that hope became eclipsed, he was fearful and afraid and was disqualified for service. Well, one of the disciples, too, Peter. Mm-hmm. Peter thought that Jesus hanging on the cross was so much. I, it, it, the words are hard to explain it. That when they crucified him, he he demanded that he be hung upside down. Yeah, he didn't want to go uh, like like Jesus. he didn't want to go the way that Jesus did. Yeah, it's powerful. You know, like 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 Peter there. I think in that in the situation, I mean, they're disqualified for service because they're continually doubting their own salvation, and it's, so yep. it's a scary place to be in. Uh, and that's why you know, I opened up the prayer as I opened the prayer and said that, you know, I pray that this message comforts those who are unnecessarily troubled. But also I want to say, you know, that it troubles those who are unjustifiably comforted because that's a, that's a bad spot to be. Yeah, Biblical exactly. evidence for this. Uh, so uh, I would say there's, there's four different categories of people. The scariest one is those who think they are saved but aren't. And we can see this in, in Matthew 7, verse uh, 21 through 23. Okay. And I'll, I'll just uh, I'll pull that up and read it real quick because it's it's one of those verses, you know, if you, you understand, again, it's it's just real scary. Because uh, everyone says, you know, Jesus is, he's just, he's love and love everyone, respect everyone. And, you know, there's multiple ways to heaven, all this other stuff, right? But so Matthew 7, 21, 23 is the NIV version says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. That's scary. Uh, these There's obviously people that professed Christ. Uh, they may have said some kind of prayer before, but Jesus said, "I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers." Some. Could you imagine that standing in in before Jesus and Him saying those words to you? Yeah, it's very scary because a little earlier in that He talks about how broad is the the road to destruction, and many enter through it, and and only a few find the narrow path which which leads to life yeah it's, it's scary <laughs> and that that path is so narrow you know is don't they talk about the camel's eye well well which, yeah well it's talking about the rich person uh entering the kingdom yeah. of heaven and and he said it's he pretty much says it's it's impossible right because it says uh that the someone entering the, the eye of an eagle uh, or someone entering heaven as a rich person is like a camel entering through the eye of the needle. And some people, you know, some people say that the eye of the needle is actually a, a gateway. We, we, you know, I've done some study on. The only thing is I don't – the reason why I don't believe it was a gateway is because camels did go through the gateway. It was it was for them, yeah. but they did. But the reason – Well, I heard, I heard somebody say years ago that the needle – where you put the thread through, they call that a camel's eye. Oh, wow. 
That's pretty interesting. So picture that. That's how narrow the gate is to make it to heaven. You know, to be in comparison, you talk about the mustard seed. If you have faith of a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, be thou removed. Yeah. So that kind of compares that mustard seed in that eye of the needle. Yeah. And it's, and it's profound, you know, again, I, I, the reason why I don't think it's that gate is because Jesus says, yeah, for man, it's impossible, but for God, all things are possible. So, so that's why I kind of dispute the, 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 it being a gate and not like an eye of needle, like we would think. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this, the second category of people is those that we think are saved, but they aren't. And uh, we can, we can look at many examples of that in the Bible. We, like you mentioned the Sadducees and the Pharisees, Jesus came re- down really hard on them. A lot of people, they, they thought, uh, Oh, they, they gotta be saved. Look at all the stuff they do. But, um, that's, that's not, you know, how a relationship with God works. It's not about, what we do is what what Jesus did for us, uh, and then and then three those who are saved but they don't act like it. And uh, this you can see this in Corinthians from the the difference in perspectives that that Paul uses in his first letter to the Corinthians compared to his second letter. How the first one's just really really kind of condemning uh, for what they are doing, and then compared to the second one where where he's saying, hey, you know, you guys are really turning around and repenting from for the stuff you're doing. And then the fourth, those who are saved and they act like it. And I want to want to ask all the listeners, you know, where do you fall into that category? Hmm. Can can anyone identify with with this, you know, no matter how many times you pray the sinner's prayer, you can't find the assurance of salvation. You wonder, did I pray the prayer right? Was I sorry enough for my sins? Did I repent enough? Did I understand grace enough? You know, yeah, Wikipedia told me, uh, you know, it's, it's Wikipedia. It's got to be true, right? <laughs> Christ, Christianity, <laughs> the largest religion in the United States, was 73.7% of the total population in 2016. So do we, do we think how America is, especially right now, was it really 73.7% of Christians born again, Christians? No, we can, we can obviously look at America and and say, no, that's, that's not the case. So I think most people who call themselves Christians, they, they said some kind of prayer uh, called it the sinner's prayer. And even though more than half of them have no regular presence in any kind of church or have lifestyles and worldviews that in no way differ from those outside of the Christian faith. Right. But when these yep. the people hear that you need Jesus to be saved, they think, Oh, I've been there. I've done that. I prayed that prayer. I filled out the card. I'm good. You know, you should have seen it. My grandma was there. She was crying and it was super meaningful. Again, this it's not that's not what it's about. Now, can you can you say a prayer and, and mean it and have power? Absolutely. But can you mean it and not necessarily say the prayer and still be saved? I think so, because again, it's not what we do, but it's what Jesus did for us. Yep. Uh yeah, don't want to scare anyone, but to flush out my point, we're not saved 
because of a pray a, a prayer or or anything like that it's it's what god did for us and that we repent and we believe the gospel or or the good news we can't make it to heaven by works alone so yeah i mean and that, that's the, the interesting you said that because you know there's there's uh, certain religions out there that that will say we need faith plus works to get into heaven so that how they put it down is faith plus works equals salvation but salvation, yep. but i think that's an error and i think the the real way to, to is faith equals salvation plus works right and yep. that and that really yep. uh solidifies what people would see as a contradiction between the apostle paul and and um james where faith without works is dead and and paul says you know faith is we're saved by faith alone right yeah so it's powerful right because we we judge a tree off there the good fruit and again going back to my favorite chapter john 15 right as uh as that god the father is the gardener and jesus is the vine and we as believers are the branch says those who are being fruitful they will be pruned they'll be more fruitful while those who are uh not fruitful will be cut off and thrown into the fire another one of those scary verses that you know it's not that we are earning our salvation by the works we do but it's because of our salvation we do the works we do yep. you know? uh and then you know other scary things is is revelations uh revelation 315 where it talks about uh, since you're neither hot nor cold, I'll spit you out of my mouth. Going going back to the lukewarm or or people who may call themselves Christian but may be offended by some of the things Christians do or uh, you know just just again don't have any lifestyle that resembles a, a Christian at all. Yeah, I I kind of have a, a deal with with people like that. That I mean, they know the Bible. They 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 go to church. But yet they believe that they can live like the sinner. Yeah. You know, and 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 I tell them, well, they said, well, Jesus turned water into wine and he was partying with the rest of them. And I said, but what if you're wrong? You know, and, and I get in discussions. Me and a friend have discussions about that stuff all the time. And what if you're wrong? You can't live the life of a sinner because... That being said, there are, was people that were saying, hey, why do I have to be saved? I am no different than they are. Yeah. You know, and, and what do you say to that type of person? Yeah, I, I think it really comes down to uh, sharing scripture with them and, and, and getting there, first of all, where they, you know, like I said, how is their relationship with God? And if they're saying things like that, I think it's, it's kind of evident. Um, so the next thing would be how they feel about the Bible and, you know, the word of God. And do they believe it's the, you know, God breathed the word it's inerrant. And, um, well, they, they believe all that stuff and, and they, they, they know that they know the scripture left and right, but yet to hear them talk and to hear them, see them do things, they look like they're just coming out of a bar and cussing like sailors. Well, uh, I, I say maybe they maybe they can recite 
the verses or maybe they can do all these. But I would say going back to Matthew 7, uh, 21 to 23, those people that are saying, Lord, I did this in your name. I did cast out demons, right? They're obviously praying. Um, they they may have known some of the, uh, how, how to be able to recite some verses. But if you actually know exactly. it and, and understand it, uh, it's it's clear that again, being saved has this the fruits of salvation that that go along with it. So if, if people yep. you know think that they can do whatever they want to do, it you know even says that clearly. I want to say in, in Romans where it says so do we do we become saved and we just continue sinning? <laughs> it says no. Uh, you know it, it we. We become saved and we understand where our place is, right? It says that in First Corinthians five seventeen that we are a new creation, right? The old is gone, the, the new is here. And then it says in Galatians uh, uh, two twenty, I believe, um, that we have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. You know, I, I think that's all very clear that we we're never going to be perfect uh, for sure, but but we have a continual fighting of the sin it's like uh, i saw a i saw a illustration of of the gospel and and what happens when you're when when you're not saved right you're they had all these people that were dressed in black and everyone was obviously i'm just i'm just speaking so <laughs> trying to trying to uh, articulate it clear enough so you can understand but everyone that was walking in one way they had their arms interlocked right and then the person who became saved was walking the other way so they did a 180 degree they were walking the other way but the arms were still out and they were catching uh, people that were were still unsaved and they're interlocking their arms with them sometimes breaking away but breaking away breaking away so i say all that to say that uh you know just because we we are saved doesn't mean that we will not uh sin right and and one John, it specifically says that if you call yourself someone who doesn't sin, you're you're a liar, and um, and it says that uh, you know we're we're not going to be you know sinless, but but we should have a continual battle with sin. We should we should strive to love the things that God loves and and to hate the thing that God hates. And if we you know, if we don't exactly. feel like that, we should we should pray and and want to feel that way to replace my heart because you know. I know, you know, I just suck. And, uh, you know, I praise God that he can uh, soften my heart and make me more and more like him every day. And the good thing about it is, too, is, is everybody's going to fall. But God's always there to forgive you. Amen. You know, it's it's kind of like David. Look at David. Look at what David did. He caused adultery. He was covering his neighbor's wife and everything. But look what God did after he repented. Look at the, uh, the, the, the beggar on the cross. He said, I am the worst of the worst. But God forgave him and said, you will enter into heaven. You know, and there's, there's, there, there's so many examples in the Bible of some of the people. Look at Paul. We talked about Paul. He was one of the worst people there was when it came to Christians. He was killing them. Yeah. But look, look at what happened on the way to the on the road to Damascus. Yeah, we, 
God turned him around, and he was one of the best preachers of the Bible there was, yeah. basically, you know? Yeah, it was, because he could... He could act like the Pharisee. He could uh, to the Jews. He could act like the Greeks to the Greeks, and uh, the the Roman to the Romans, and everything. So he was. And I think that's kind of a clear picture of of how we how we should be. We should be able to relate to other people, get on their level, and and speak to them. God always gives us a chance to repent. Always gives us a chance to repent. Yeah, it's a. Uh, and, that, and we should take comfort in that. But at the same time, you know, it's, um, you know, there, there is going to come a time where, where we don't have that opportunity, right? As we see again in Matthew 7, standing yep. in front of God and how was your relationship with God? And it doesn't mean we have to spend our whole life uh, devoted to that, but we don't know when we're going to die. That's, that's for God and God alone. Yeah, we, we don't, you know. And we can fall fall asleep and never wake up again. You just don't know. You could be walking walking to the bathroom and may have a heart attack and die. You just don't know. Yeah, amen. Yeah, so you know, Jesus, he covers us with his robe of righteousness. That's some powerful stuff. But um, so I I would one John, uh, especially chapter five, where where he kind of sums up all of one John. I would really recommend for the the listeners to kind of get into one John uh, chapter five, specifically, if you only have time for that, it's a pretty short book, but to, to go under and and understand how we can know. Um, But to, to sum it up real quick, I, I think that God wants us to know because it's, it's loving to know that your father loves you and, and that you can know that you're saved, you know, then how can we know that we are saved? So John John uh, identifies two major things in verse 13 of, of uh, 1 John 5. It says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Right? So it's, it's clear. The whole purpose of that writing was so that we may know. You know, I, I, I a lot of times question my, my I, I guess it's just my personality. I'm a doubter unless I see proof. And a lot of times, I mean, this is this is what you're saying is hitting me right between the eyes. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. It's oh yeah. So so again, I uh, want to ask everyone, you know, how is your relationship with God? And I like to to use this small illustration. It's like imagine, and I want to first of all say politics to the side. Um, you know, whether you're right or left or or conservative, liberal. But just think of the position where I'm talking here is, is imagine getting the opportunity to speak to the president of the United States. And how would you feel? It, it would be some kind of like, whoa, this is this is a pretty important day. Right. At minimum. Imagine standing in front of like King David or, or Solomon. How would you feel? We might. Literally yeah, we might have some, so much reverence and awe for these people. Now, what I, why I say all this is we have a direct connection to God Almighty. We don't need someone to intercede for us. The Bible says that Jesus intercedes for us. And it's, it's so crazy that we have this direct link to God, but a lot of us don't even use it. Or at least we, we don't use it nearly as much as we should. You know, and I, I look at 
how much Jesus prayed and how, how far we all are from, from Jesus, right? As far as works and, and what we've done in our life and how much Jesus prayed. I used to say when I was younger that if you wanted to get a good night's sleep, start praying. Oh man. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. There was a, there was a, a speech from Denzel Washington that he, he said that he likes to shove his, his slippers or his, his house shoes way under the bed. So when he wakes up, the first thing he's got to do is get on his knees. So I thought that was kind of, yeah, I thought that was kind of <laughs> cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. So, you know, just, just kind of an invitation do you have that, that kind of certainty? Uh, do you know that you are saved? God wants you to have it, and the gospel can give it to you. I pray that you receive it tonight. You know, Don't wait. Only God knows our timeline, like I said. Does your life show that you have been born again? You know, Can your friends see it? And that's what you know, the, the people who may not be in your church, but when you ask someone, or if someone were to ask one of your friends, Hey, is, is Sean a Christian? Is your friend going to go, oh, yeah, he's, he's a Christian? Or are they going to be like, oh, no, no, no. He, he parties with the rest of us. He's never talked about God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so the last thing, and I know we're kind of time crunch, um, just to think about the question that we, we asked in the beginning. If you were standing in front of God, he says, why should I let you enter the kingdom of heaven? What would you respond with? Now, um, and it, it's easy because no one is is answering what they responded to. But I pray that the answer was not anything like, "Well, I'm a pretty good person," you know. I might not I might not be the best, but I try. Now, because of that, what, what that what that shows is you have some kind of misunderstanding of the gospel. It's not about what we do. It's again what what Jesus has done for us. So if we think that we are working for our salvation, we are wrong, right? That's what the Pharisee thought he was doing. When he said, "I pray all these times, I fast and I tithe and all this these things." And when the the sinner, the you know tax collector or whatever, came to God and beat his chest and uh, he's like, "You know, I'm a sinner. I'm terrible," right? He's acknowledging his sin, and that that's a better position to be in than self-righteousness i'm a sinner saved yeah, by amen. grace hey kind of like uh your name right <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's some good preaching like i know i needed to hear that because like i said i'm a, i'm a doubter i i have to see and then when i when when i am you know i i know i'm saved but yet I always doubt yeah. myself. And I know there are a lot of people out there that do the same thing because we all sin. We're not perfect. We're going to fall. The question is, is when you fall, what do Amen. you do? That's, that's exactly right. Do we fall and we stay in the do mud pit? Do you get up? And just, just bask in it? Yep. Or do you get up? Dust your clothes off and start all over again. Yep. You know, it's 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 not rocket science. 
to make it to heaven. It, it really is. That's what it, it kind of, uh, I try to articulate to the best of my ability when people say that the, the Bible is so hard to understand. Now I am acknowledging you can spend your whole life and, and not grasp the, the entire Bible. Right. But as far as the salvific things that we will discuss, it is, is very easy to understand. You know, Jesus is mm-hmm. the way, you know, we can look at John three sixteen, right? For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And right after that, it says, it says Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So that's that's the gospel, right? It's the good news that, that we are sinners, right? And that's why it, God, uh, you know, sent his begotten son to go live that perfect life and, and die on the cross for us because the wages of sin are death. And if you look at like Exodus we see the the curses, right? The firstborn child. Again, how the Bible just points to Jesus so much to where if they went and they had to cover the the doorway with the blood of, you know, this this lamb. That's, again, that's the blood that covers us. It was a, a picture of what Jesus Christ did for us. He's He was that lamb that was slain. They covered the doorway with blood, was inside that doorway. But if, I'm sure if it didn't say this in the Bible, but I'm sure if they didn't do that, they weren't saved from that. You know, so exactly. it's, it's having that faith, having that faith and doing what, what the word says, not just being hearers of the word, but doers. Yep. So if you're out there and you you heard Cole's message, ask yourself, do I need Jesus? Am I going to heaven? What do I say to Jesus when I stand before him? Or what's he going to say to me? You know? So, but Cole, I thank you for this message. We're, unfortunately, we're just about out of time here. <laughs> and I hope we can do the thing yeah, Amen. Amen, Sean. Oh, well, like I said, I really appreciate uh, yes. you having me on. Um, I, I appreciate the platform and, and I really commend you for, for, uh, stepping out on faith and, and doing something that you weren't necessarily comfortable with. But like you said, if you can reach one person, um, then it's all worth it. It's all worth it. I know it, it is. It, it's, it's all worth it. One more person in the kingdom Amen. of heaven. Yeah. Eternity is a long so. time. It is so, but don't forget to go on to uh, find Christian motivations on YouTube. And like I said before, uh, check them out. I think you'll enjoy them. And Cole, I hope to have you on here again so we can talk some more Bible. This is this was a very good conversation, and I really appreciate. I think you have a calling that you don't realize you have which maybe one of these days we can kind of discuss that. But uh, from what, I, what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing, you have a calling on hey, your I life. I really appreciate that, Sean. If you don't mind, uh, we can pray, pray out as and, well. Um, so I, yep, we, if you do, short. make it short. <laughs> all right, Almighty God, you have given us grace to bring our prayers to you. Grant us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the world to come life everlasting. Lord Jesus Christ. Send us out with the confidence in your word to tell the world of your saving acts and bring glory to your name. Amen. 
Amen. I thank you very much. And all you that are out here listening, I hope you enjoyed the show. And we shall talk to you next time. God bless and we will see you later. Was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see.